Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. From the start, twin sisters Jazz and Taz Whitehead shared an unusual connection. They thought alike. They could almost finish each other's sentences. They were very, very close. They were double the beauty, double the brains, and double the trouble. These two twin girls don't have no kind of emotion, you know? The girls were just incredibly calm, which was so unnerving. I had a bad feeling about them. They're going to do what they want to do. Together, Jazz and Taz create the ultimate teenage wasteland that ends in tragedy. I see Nikki running out of the house screaming, just like a lunatic. You could smell the blood in the air. There was that much blood in the house. Their twinness just made the whole thing explode. It's like putting two isotopes together and you get an atomic bomb. The town of Conyers sits on the eastern edge of Atlanta, Georgia. It's a dynamic community. Over the last 20 years, the population has increased, the economy of this county has increased, and the diversity of this county has changed. They have some crime, but nothing out of the ordinary. It's generally a safe place. Until one January afternoon, when everything changes. Deputy Sheriff Al Irwin is in Conyers, attending to a civil matter on Appaloosa Way. The neighborhood itself is fairly quiet, but as I was leaving the community, a young lady came running down to my car, knocked on my window. Officer, 
I rolled down the window to find out what she had to say. What she says is something the deputy will never forget. She said someone had killed my mother. Well, I immediately went to the residence, notified my dispatch what I had, and as I entered the house, there was another young lady in the kitchen area. The two teenage girls are mirror images of one another. You two stay here. I told the girls stay there, went into the bathroom, found the mother in the bathtub, checked her pulse, and realized that she was dead. The deceased is 34-year-old Nikki Whitehead, a hairdresser and the mother of the teenage twins downstairs. Deputy Irwin returns to the main living area to find a gruesome scene. Blood was all over the place. There was blood all over the rug area, and the furniture had been moved. Jazz was rocking, saying, he killed my mother, he killed my mother. And I said, who's he? Jazz indicated that Nikki had been in an argument with a boyfriend during the early morning hours of that day. And we needed to focus on the boyfriend and figure out what was going on there. It seems like a logical start to the investigation, but Deputy Irwin notices something peculiar about the twins' behavior. There was no tears at all, none. Just a slight smile. At the tender age of 17, Nikki Whitehead was about to become a mother. She was huge. Her stomach was really, really huge. It was so funny because we were all like, God, this is going to be a big baby. After several hours of labor, Nikki delivers a healthy baby girl. But she and her family were in for the surprise of their lives. After the first baby came, you know, you're expecting the placenta to come next. It was another baby. Everybody was in shock, basically, because nobody knew she was having twins. One was hiding behind the other one, and you can only see one heartbeat. It was like, you know, whoa. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, everybody was happy. She named her kids Jasmine and Tasmine. Yeah, their nicknames were Jazz and Taz. The newborns were a shining light in Nikki's short and sometimes troubled life. Nikki was born in prison because at the time her mother was incarcerated. Nikki's mother had been convicted of robbery and a drug offense and was in prison and, and that occurred in the mid-1970s. She was raised by her grandmother, which was the twins' great-grandmother. She grew up very fast. The birth of her twin girls symbolized a fresh start for the troubled teen. But Nikki knew her girls would have their own challenges. Their father was a Jamaican national who was out of the picture very, very quickly after they were born. And now she not only has one child to deal with, she's got two children to deal with. What that meant for Nikki was she really has a hard road to go through. But she really has that, that great desire for them to have a better life than, than she did. As Jazz and Taz grew, they couldn't get enough of one another. Ever since those girls were born, they were extremely close. You couldn't separate one without the other. 
they always whispering in each other's ears. I thought that's what girls do, you know, our twins do. <laughs> they finish each other's sentence, one talk and the other finish. It's like they fed off of each other almost. It's a very dependent relationship. There is something very primal about the way that these kids grow up and get into each other. When Jazz and Taz entered school, they both showed exceptional intellectual aptitudes. What Nikki noticed as the children were getting older was that they were talented and they were smart and they were excellent students. I thought that was going to be real big because they were so, they were so intelligent. And Nikki knew she had to nourish her girls' natural gifts. Nikki's approach to parenting was to give them everything that they wanted. And she starts giving them things like dancing lessons, singing lessons. Both girls play uh, instruments. Though they thrived equally, there were a few small differences between the two. Jazz has a mole on her face, so that's how we could tell the twins apart. Taz has a more dominating personality, I guess because she's the oldest. And Jazz always the quiet one. Yeah. While Taz is more aggressive than Jazz, at the same time, there's something about when they come together, their personalities coalesce. As they moved into their teenage years, the twins remained near mirror images of one another especially when it came to their maturing looks. Taz and Jazz developed like very nice young ladies. Nikki was a hairstylist, so she kept their hair trimmed and cut, um, shampooed. The girls were just stunning, beautiful young girls. There's a charisma to them. But once again, that charisma is a joint charisma. It's like putting two isotopes together and you get an atomic bomb. Throughout middle school, Jazz and Taz burst with potential, but everything changes when they hit high school. It was like that all the way up until 14, and it completely stopped. And it's just, everything blinked out. They suddenly are no longer interested in school. These A students who are bound for Harvard are suddenly cutting class. School becomes an afterthought as the twins sought out more adult ventures. They wanted to date. They wanted to start dating boys, and it wasn't boys of their age. It was older boys. And the young mother knew all too well the dangers of growing up too fast. Nikki was worried that they were starting to engage in sexual activity. She worried about the effect it would have on their grades. She wants her kids to have an education. She wants them to be cultured. She wants them to be with good people. And she, most of all, she doesn't want to be pregnant at the age of, of 17. Nikki struggles to get her daughters back on the straight and narrow. Nikki began to become more draconian in how she <laughs> dealt with them. Where do you girls think you're going dressed like that? She started instituting rules. She wanted to know, hey, who are you hanging out with? As any mother would. And the girls didn't want that. They didn't want her, as they say, in their business. You girls are not going out like that. Look at how you're dressed. 
She got to a point where she didn't necessarily trust her girls. They knew that. The twins team up to push back against any attempts to gain control of their lives. With Jazz and Taz, they're really this raging powder keg of hormones and emotions, and it really plays into their rebelliousness. They're intelligent, and that intelligence enables them to flout the rules, and the girls gang up against their mother. We're going upstairs right now, and you're going to change. That's it. No, you're not going anywhere. All of a sudden, almost, it's like they just treated her like she was just the next person on the street. Jazz says to her mom during one of the arguments, I can do you and do you better. I think she's talking about violence. Unfortunately, Nikki Whitehead has no idea how far her daughters are willing to go. While they were driving, she opened the door of the car and jumped out. Not even a mother's unconditional love will be enough to stop the twins. It's almost like I was in disbelief. They were like a lioness on the hunt, just killing their prey. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. 
To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. As children, twin sisters Jazz and Taz Whitehead had it all. Beauty, brains, and a young, loving mother standing beside them. Everybody loved old girl. The twins, everybody loved them. They was the talk of the family. But at 14, you know, everything changed. Now in high school, the Whitehead twins have gone from straight A's to skipping school. I think they wanted to run their own lives at, their, at a young age. And I think they was moving too fast. We've got teen rebellion going ballistic. And the twinness adds to this because one is fueling the other. Nikki's most urgent concern is the questionable company her girls are keeping and the consequences it could have. Teenage years are already a time where people are making risky decisions and not using good judgment. Jazz and Taz actually were hanging out with boys much older than them. This was really risky behavior. The more she pushes, the more her children are going to push back. It comes to a head when Nikki discovers Taz has missed several days of school. She is outraged. She also knows exactly where to find her wayward daughter. Nikki found out that Taz were um, in a relationship with an older boy. Nikki tracks her down to the boyfriend's house, bursts in. Mom, what are you doing here? You are coming with me. We're going home. I'm not going to hang out with him anymore. Get off of me. Throws her in the car, takes her cell phone so she can't call the boyfriend. As they drive home, an argument erupts between mother and daughter. And she told Taz she couldn't date the 19-year-old anymore. And she just, just got so upset. Taz wasn't having it. And as she was driving, Taz jumped out the car. And of course, Nikki went into kind of a panic freak attack mode and um, just knowing that, you know, Taz could have hurt herself. Somehow, Taz is unscathed. But the real damage has been done to her mother. Any parent who sees their child open a door and jump out, oh my God, you're going to be incredibly upset. I think Taz knew that her mom was going to be upset by this and this was a way to get back at her. Even at the risk of her own physical life, she was willing to do that. The act of jumping out of that car is the ultimate statement. You don't have control of me. As the friction grows between mother and daughters, the twins use their symbiotic relationship to dismantle their mother's authority. The girls teamed against their mom. These two agreed on everything. They thought alike and they worked in tandem. They would flip-flop from one child being the good child 
and playing that role to one child playing the bad child. And they go back and forth, which meant that Nikki didn't know who she could trust. This is the kind of manipulation that you see in criminals. As the months pass, the twins display even more disturbing interests and behaviors. Taz became a cutter, and it was self-mutilation. There are usually two reasons teenagers self-mutilate. It's usually aggression towards themselves, or it's to get back at somebody else. It releases endorphins, serotonin, and endogenous opiates. So it's very addictive. Unfortunately, this is not uncommon in our society for kids to cut themselves as a form of rebellion. The behavior of Jazz was made worse by Taz and vice versa. Their very twinness exacerbated this situation and made it much, much, much worse. Filled with fear and worry, Nikki is willing to do anything to save her daughters and turns to the unconventional. Nikki was so desperate, she began to think that maybe a demon had taken control of her daughters. As being black people, we're very adamant in our religion and we always be like, the devil is alive. So she wanted to help them. She felt like they were possessed. And she inquired about an exorcist um, for her girls because at some point she felt like it was a darker side to them. It didn't happen. There was no exorcism because exorcisms are extremely rare. These girls have got a lot of psychological problems, but Nikki couldn't acknowledge that. She's still the parent, but she's feeling desperate, and it's totally understandable with everything that's been happening. I think she had pretty much resigned herself to, you know, I'm doing the best I can, and these girls are just out of control. Everything has been leading up to a physical confrontation. The girls have been truant from school. Nikki finds out about it, and she confronts them. It starts out with verbal abuse between each other. They're screaming at each other, and then it escalates. Jazz and Taz literally jumped their mother in tandem and beat her up. Somehow, Nikki breaks away from her daughters and barricades herself in the bedroom. Nikki called me huffing, puffing, crying, upset. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? And she said, she was locked in her room. She said that the girls were trying to fight her. They just went crazy. I don't know what to do. And she said, I'm scared. I said, if you're scared, I said, call the police. And that's exactly what Nikki does. When police arrive, Responding officers are given two very different accounts of what happened at the Whitehead house that afternoon. When I got to the home and spoke with Nikki, Nikki was visibly upset and explained to me, you know, the girls, their behavior, what had gone on. The girls were just incredibly calm, which was so unnerving. All they would say to me was that their mother hated them, they didn't like living there, that she was a hypocrite. After some mediation, both sides calmed down. Taz and Jazz put on their best face. We'll make this work. We're sorry. The girls agreed that they would just go to the room for the rest of the night. But not everyone rests so easily. I had a bad feeling about them. 
So I just decided to stay in the neighborhood and was just sitting kind of up from their house. Back inside the Whitehead home, Nikki tries to put the awful day behind her. Nikki goes into the bedroom. She needs a break. You know, she's just been beaten up by her daughters, and Taz emerges in her bedroom. Taz walks right in behind her mother, closes the door, locks it, and starts walking toward her mother. The fight isn't finished. It's about to get much worse. Twin sisters Jazz and Taz Whitehead are beautiful, brilliant, and belligerent. They're very, very smart. They're very intuitive. And they understand how to manipulate. Any attempts at discipline were just met with even physical violence. But their true reign of terror is just beginning. Nikki hasn't just been assaulted by her daughters. The police just come. She goes in her bedroom to take a break, and Taz emerges in her bedroom, locks the door behind her, and attacks her. In the meantime, Jazz is outside, banging on the door, saying, let me in, I'll, I'll get her off you. Mom, oh my gosh, Mom, open the door, let me help you. Mom, Nikki opens the door, expecting her daughter's going to help her. And next thing you know, Jazz is right on top of her back and beating on her. Nikki is able to break free, but not easily. I mean, the girls are still determined to, to beat her down. She gets out of the house. I hear her screaming, and I see Nikki running out of the house screaming, just like a lunatic. Nikki and the twins are confronted by the officers, and like before, it's two against one. Nikki gave me one story about how the girls had attacked her. Um, Jazz and Taz gave a very different story as to how their mother had attacked them. Um, But based on the physical evidence, which at that point was scratches on Nikki's neck, on Nikki's arm, and on Nikki's chest, and then looking at the girls, I had no reason to believe that their mother had attacked them. And there's something unsettling about the twins. It was just hard for me to believe after all my years that anybody could be that calm that articulate when they're trying to describe an altercation with their mother without any emotion. That was just so alarming. They display sociopath behavior. No remorse, no regret. And then I thought it would be best to take them both into custody, and I did, and off they went. Days later, the three members of the Whitehead family appear before a juvenile court judge. Nikki described to the juvenile court judge that uh, her family was dysfunctional. Nikki does the right thing. She throws up her hands and says, I can't control them. I don't know what to do. Jazz and Taz spin a much different yarn. Just as they did when the police uh, first arrived at the house, they were able to turn on the acting. The twins try to portray themselves as the victims. They cry, and they, you know, they paint their mother as a drug addict. And Nikki is cast as the villain by them. It's a difficult situation, and the court deems the twins ungovernable under their mother's care. The judge had decided, I guess, at that point that they were going 
to go live with the great-grandmother for now. I will welcome the company of these two girls. They were going to be ordered court order counseling. No family court judge likes to separate a child from their parent, but they'll do it for protection. And that's exactly what happens in this situation. Jazz and Taz look at this as a victory. And it hurts Nikki deeply that she can no longer care for her children at that particular point. Jazz and Taz have taken full advantage of life with their elderly great-grandmother. When they start staying with my grandma, she's like 81 at the time. She can't handle 14-year-old kids, so everything just started boiling over. The girls were running wild. I mean, they were able to do whatever they wanted. They could sneak out. Their great-grandmother had pretty much no idea what they were doing. They were hanging out in the projects because that's where their boyfriend stayed at. They went from her house to stand over to their boyfriend's house, and that lasted for like a year and a half, you know, juggling back and forth. The great-grandmother finds that she's in the same boat as her granddaughter, except even more vulnerable because she physically can't stop them, and they're going to do what they want to do. She knew of their escapades, their violence, some of the things they were doing. She was afraid of them as well. The twins relish a life with no rules, but they are still bound by the court to meet certain responsibilities. The judge required uh, Nikki and the twins to sit down for family counseling once a week. Despite everything that has happened, Nikki still holds out hope for reconciliation. Nikki wanted to make this happen. I mean, she's, she had not given up on having a relationship with her daughters and having a normal mother-daughter, you know, framework. So she was game for anything. They clearly, you know, care about them and their well-being. Um, but, but old habits die hard. I swear, I cannot. My so annoying. The girls have no desire at all to make things right. We just don't want to be in the room with you. We don't like you. So it's my fault. Yes. You girls are such brats. I hate it. It basically looks like three teenagers in there yelling at each other. We don't want to go back with you, okay? We hate you. They were hurting her to the point where I'm like, Nikki, just, you know, let them be, and she was not going to give up on them. She said, I can't do that. She said, those are my girls. After almost two years, the Whiteheads are called back to family court. Jazz, Taz, their great-grandmother Donna, and Nikki are back in court over the twins' truancy. Now they have to go before the judge again and explain why it is that they continue to cut class. That's a lie. We haven't missed any school. We've been going to school every single day. The great-grandmother testifies that she can no longer take care of the children. Uh, she can't control them. Your Honor, you have got to do something about these girls. Nikki's unconditional love provides the court with a solution. Regardless of what's gone on in the past, moving forward, I'm their mother, and I think they just belong with me. Nikki stood up and said, Your Honor, I want my children back. You were here just 18 months ago, and it sounds like now an entirely different story. I, I mean, I love them. They're my daughters. And I think this time everything's going to work out. 
She was not giving up on them. She didn't want the courts to raise her kids. The twins lied about her using drugs. The judge gave her a drug test and she came up negative for anything, you know, nothing. It is the decision of this court that at this time that the children be awarded custody to their mother. Certainly this is in the best interest, I believe, to the girls, for the family, and certainly to the state. That's my decision. The judge rules in Nikki's favor and provides her with full custody of her twin daughters. As they're walking out of the courtroom, Jazz turns to her mother and says, if I have to go back with you, I'm gonna kill you. You don't want this. My decision is to award custody of the children back to their mother. After two years of running wild in the home of their great-grandmother, twin sisters Jazz and Taz Whitehead have been returned to their mother, Nikki. She still wasn't scared of them. You know, she had that much love for them. But the twins aren't going to give up their hedonistic lives without a fight. Despite their troubled past, Nikki is ecstatic about the return of her daughters. She had fixed up their rooms, you know, got them all, got all ready. She was so happy and excited about them coming back home. Nikki wanted to wipe the slate clean, so she has a homecoming party. Nikki's friends knew that, you know, this was a tough situation, so everybody was sort of pitching in. The twins don't share their mother's enthusiasm. Jazz and Taz rode with me to the house, to the welcome home party. And as we approached the house, they indicated to me that they did not want to be there with her other family members. I just told them, and these was my words to them, is that we're going to keep it respectful, you know. The sisters have very different reactions to the party. Taz engages somewhat, not quite as defiant. We was playing like a board game. Taz actually played the game with us. Jazz has no real interest in being there. And before long, old habits emerge. Taz and Jazz and their aunt got into a verbal altercation, yelling and screaming at each other, shoving each other, and it just kept getting worse. The party breaks up, and Nikki's friends are greatly concerned. I left around maybe 11 that night, and I sent her a text that morning asking her, are you going to be okay? She didn't respond back. And that's when I heard later that the police was called out that night. So the cycle just picks up right where it, where it left off. After the welcome home party, Nikki becomes cognizant that nothing's changed. The girls are still going out, doing their thing. They're going out whenever they want to go out. They're cutting class. The girls are showing the same irreverence, the same disregard for authority, and the same level of verbal violence. In order to keep them in the house at night, Nikki resorts to sleeping on the couch. First is, she didn't want the kids to get out in the middle of the night. She's trying to be a, a good parent. Second was she's trying to, to save herself because she doesn't want to get trapped in the bedroom again, just like it happened the last time. She's protecting herself from the very thing that she loves. Nikki was a prisoner in her home. I do think she was in fear of the girls. Nikki had called and told me if anything happened to her, the kids did it. 
This particular morning in the Whitehead household gets off to an unusually rocky start. The girls sleep late. They miss the school bus. I'm sick of this. Why are you guys always late? And Nikki hits the roof. An argument breaks out in the kitchen, but this time, neither side backs down. Pots and pans are being thrown, and then one of the twins picks up a knife and slashes Nikki with it. Nikki, after getting slashed, ran out of the house, ran to a neighbor's, knocked on the door. There was no answer. Paz stepped outside, and she convinced her mother, come inside. We can work this out. She was barely through the front door, and they jumped her and began stabbing her arms, her neck, her head, everywhere, repeatedly. They were like a lioness on the hunt, just killing their prey. They literally cut her to pieces. After they finish, the twins quickly devise a plan. Nikki had been stabbed 50 times, and the girls dragged her body into the master bedroom into the uh, bathroom in the tub. Then they went to the business of clearing the evidence. They may have linked them to the crime. They cleared their fingerprints. Then they got dressed and went to school. Left their mother to die in her bathroom. And if they hurry, Jazz and Taz will make it in time for third period. Throughout the school day, the Whitehead twins keep a low profile. Students said they didn't notice anything odd about them. There was one who saw Taz seemingly comforting her sister, but there was nothing that stood out to anybody up to that day. When the school bell rings to end the day, the twins head home. There's more work to do. The girls had obviously hatched out some sort of plan before they, you know, sort of caught a break and saw the cop coming through the neighborhood. They went out to flag it and say they walked home and found their mother stabbed. Law enforcement officials quickly descend upon the Whitehead household to process the grisly scene. You could smell the blood in the air. Um, there was that much blood in the house. It appeared that there had been uh, an obvious struggle inside the house. There was blood on the wall. By the back door, there's blood on the back door. We found blood on the couch. There were drag marks from a giant blood stain. And then into the bathroom, where she was found in, in the garden tub, floating in the water, face up. It doesn't take long for word of the murder to spread. My mom called me, and she said, you know, they found somebody dead in Nikki's neighborhood. I just dropped my head, and I said, I said, the twins killed Nikki. When the eyes of the law fall on Jazz and Taz, the twins tell a much different tale. And the twins believe that if they work together, they can get away with murder. Sixteen-year-old twin sisters, Jazz and Taz Whitehead, have shared everything, 
even the murder of their mother. Jazz and Taz stabbed their mother 50 times, and the girls went to school as if nothing was unusual. Parasite is when a child kills a parent, male or female. There is always overkill. Usually, 90% of the time, the child has been abused. This is not that situation. In the aftermath of the murder of Nikki Whitehead, investigators become aware of the family's tumultuous history. We started getting reports from officers and everybody else that, hey, you need to start looking at the twins. It's hard to kind of wrap your brain around the fact that these small children could do something like this. With all eyes on the twins, detectives bring Jazz and Taz in for questioning. Oh, Grandma. As the camera rolls, they have a story at the ready that casts their mother in a negative light. Did she make any noise? They both indicated that the bedroom door to the master bedroom was locked, that they knocked on the door, called out to their mother, they got no response, then walked from the town home to Rockdale County High School. What time did y'all leave the house this morning? We missed the bus, so we had to walk. You walked all the way to Rockdale? It's not, not far. About what time did you leave? 7.30. They said they got off the bus that afternoon and then walked into the front door and found their mother dead in the bathtub. You walked in and what, what happened? We went to the kitchen and put my stuff down and I went to her room. And I seen the blood all in there on the floor. And I went in there and I seen her. On the floor, on the bed? In the bathtub. In the bathtub. I thought of blood and I ran out the house. The more we started investigating, the, the less their stories started making sense. And then we started noticing injuries on their bodies. I see your hands and your arms. things off. Both girls also had what appeared to be bite marks on their arms. They had been bitten by somebody. Even with the suspicious markings, the twins doubled down. They do not budge from their stories, that they had nothing to do with it. They came home from school and found my mother dead. The ruse continues, even when the girls are left alone. At this point in time, uh, they notice there's a camera in the room. And the acting continues. It shows you that you're not dealing with stupid girls. They're very smart, they're very intelligent. But the circumstantial evidence is not enough to hold the twins, and they are released to their great-grandmother. Jazz and Taz return to their everyday lives, pausing only to attend their mother's burial. I just knew it had to be the twins involved. And I couldn't believe it, they weren't in jail. They show up at the funeral with their boyfriends. 
these two twin girls don't have no kind of emotion, you know? They sitting at the casket, laughing and giggling. I couldn't believe it. Y'all got some kind of damn nerve showing up here. What does it do to my sister? That's when her brother, Hanif, he started to get upset. And he said, y'all bitches are going to tell me what y'all did to my sister. I got escorted away from the funeral. And uh, I think that was the last time I ever seen him. Weeks go by without further contact from authorities. And Jazz and Taz think any suspicion of them has faded. They had to think they got away from murder. In the meantime, they go back to running wild. They even went to prom. All the while, detectives methodically build their case against the Whitehead twins. Both girls said they'd walked to school. In canvassing the neighborhood, law enforcement had gone to uh, a gas station, and they asked to review the video recording system for the morning of January the 13th, 2010, and they observed the girls uh, actually arrived at a local gas station about 10 o'clock that morning. They hitched a ride and did not arrive at Rockdale High School until about 10, 12, 10, 13 that morning, third period, and that they had missed their earlier class. They obviously lied about when they got to school that day. More analysis of the evidence yields further results. A forensic odontologist that was working with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation took a mold from the teeth of Nikki Whitehead, then looked at the bite marks that the girls had on their arms. It was her opinion that it was highly probable that Nikki produced that bite mark. We felt like we had probable cause at that point in time to arrest them. So they were arrested in May of 2010. Even in handcuffs, the twins remain defiant. They were contemptuous towards us. Anger, particularly coming from Jazz, it was get some real evidence, find the murder weapon. Jazz and Taz were charged with murder, aggravated assault, and the possession of a, a knife for the commission of a crime. After several years behind bars, Jazz and Taz officially confess. Tell me your full name. Jazz and Tanisha White. I could always fight you for a long time, but it was just the heat of the moment. We didn't, didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know where we, where we stepped. I, I thought it was a stomach and the arm, but it could have been anywhere. All right, so she's on the floor, and you said she's still talking. What's she saying? What kind of kids are y'all? At some point in time, you did realize that morning your mom was dead. Yeah. Ultimately, both girls pled guilty to voluntary manslaughter, and they were both sentenced to 30 years in prison. <laughs> Jazz and Taz's descent into madness is a story of teen anger and rebellion gone horribly wrong. I think it's really unlikely that this story would even be possible if there weren't two of them. The fact that they were twins really escalated their dysfunction. They're feeding off of one another. And in a sense, they sort of developed their own matrix. And in the end, it was their mother, the person who loved them the most, who paid the ultimate price. <sighs> oh, yeah. 
but everybody miss Nikki. Oh man, she gonna forever be missed. I know what Nikki wanted for them, and that's why it's so shocking that they're in prison when they should be in college, living their life. And just knowing that the last thing she saw was her children murdering her. It hurts me to my soul just to know that she had to go through that. She didn't deserve that. Nobody does. I still don't believe it. It's hard to believe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.